0: Well, hello everyone. I am Matt Williamson, and frankly, I am not feeling any more optimistic day after the Steeler debacle than I did right after. So, I've heard a lot of stuff for a Tuesday podcast with you guys. I'm just going to go through it all. Uh, None of it's going to make you feel any better. I would say 1% of it will. So, the more I think about coordinator change, picket, It worries me more than anything, maybe, that he's not being developed. Now, I know, I know that he is a student, that he is smart, that he is a leader. And I just wonder about his teachers. We can, Monday morning quarterback, bad play calls. Why would you do that on fourth down? If it were... And there's all kinds of room for that. I'm By no means. I mean, am I saying that's okay? But what we don't know and isn't Monday morning quarterbacking is how well is he being taught? Not what he's even being taught or his ability to learn. Like Ted Williams. I mean, this is one of the greatest hitters of all time. And then they asked him to coach for a while. And I guess he was a disaster. Trust me, this is even before my time. Because he didn't really know how to coach because he was so good, he would just tell people, what do you mean you can't read the seams on a curveball? Now, I'm not saying – maybe that's a terrible example because I don't think Matt Canada is a 400 hitter. Let's just put it that way. But you look at, like, C.J. Stroud yesterday. He's being developed. He's getting better. And I just wonder about Pickett's development. Like even in the perfect situation, maybe he doesn't have it. Maybe he can't be that guy. But the development, more so than nitpicking this run play or whatever, is really worrisome. So this, I have so many nuggets from the, the internet, internet. I'll react to all of them for you. You know, despite hitting on long touchdown passes to Pickens in Austin, Pickett was averaging just six point six yards per attempt before his injury for the season key number to keep in mind here is success rate, which measures how often a quarterback keeps his offense on schedule to score points. By NFL next-gen stats, Pickett was generating a 33% success rate on his dropbacks this season. Only Zach Wilson's worse. Hideous. How about this? When a receiver is moving at the snap, Pickett is four for 10 for minus four yards and a QBR of 2.8. Hideous. You know, like we talk about all this Matt Canada motion and how good he is with that. When someone's moving at the snap, Pickett can't be worse. Some other stuff from the game. Houston gaining 39 yards on eight rushing attempts on the opening possession of the game. I mean, come on. That, that's when everyone's talking about, well, we got to stop the run, make them one-dimensional. Yeah. Allowing the Texans to get at least two first downs on five of six possessions in the first half. They failed to sack rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud one time. Didn't sack him once, of course. Hit him six times. But Highsmith had three of those hits. I knew I knew two. I wasn't certain about third. Highsmith played great. Najee played great. The rest of the team was embarrassing. Steelers have won possession in the first quarter. Ugh. When the offense did get four possessions in the second quarter, it ran 16 plays for 40 yards, punting four times. I mean, I don't even need to analyze these things to tell you how bad it is. I mean, it's really, really atrocious. The Steelers actually ran the ball well to start the second half. We remember that. They were churning along. So, as teams do, the Texans start bringing more and more people into the box. So, what do the Steelers do? They kept running into unblocked defenders. (laughs) I mean, isn't that kind of, we got them where we want them? We made them adjust? Let's hit Pickens on a post behind this, you know. Little middle of the field throwing yet again. Kenny had 23 attempts. Five were between the numbers against bad linebackers. Two completions for 11 yards between the numbers in this game. Two completions. He also, as I've said this a hundred times, I feel like I was ahead of the curve on this, but he needs to stop bailing from the pocket early. You know, like I brought up that fourth down play and I killed him, killed Canada for it yesterday. But Pickett runs right into pressure on that one too. And he does it a lot. And and any play caller, and I'm not excusing Matt Canada, It makes it hard when a quarterback won't hang and execute the play when he's too quick to move. And it's a problem for him right now. It's shocking. Um, The more I watched it, Will Anderson really had a good day whipping up on Chooks. And Mason Cole might be unplayable at this point. I mean, he's not an NFL starter. Awful game for the Steelers defensive tackles. No pressure from that group. None. Awful versus a run. Benton had a play or two that was exciting. But overall, awful day from the Steelers' offensive tackles. I mean, it's so clear that this defense needs, needs, as opposed to benefits from, splash plays in order to be successful on defense. Can't just play it straight. Team keeps it close to the vest. Side note, so I said this like every Monday and Tuesday during the Duck Hodges-Mason-Rudolph season, that the opposing upcoming head coach that faced that Steeler team, had a really good D, Steelers did, it'd be coaching malpractice if the first thing you didn't say when you got ready for Steeler prep that week was, if we don't turn the ball over, we'll win. And then say it, 8,000 times between then and kickoff. It's almost getting to that point. If we don't allow defensive splash plays, if we don't let the Steelers take the ball away, sack us 43 times, we're going to win. I mentioned this yesterday, but I don't mention it again because I hope it's set in with you guys, but it's mind-boggling to me. The Texans ran 69 plays. Only 12 of those 69 plays were on third downs. So 57 plays. I don't think they... Maybe they went for it once on fourth. I'm not looking at that right now. So like 55 of their... Or 56 of their 69 plays were on first and second downs. Awful. Awful, awful. Um, I'm going to take a break. I got a lot of snap count stuff here. I got all kinds of stuff to go through. So, I wanted to stress this. The Texans snapped the ball 71 times. They used a lot of big personnel. About half of those snaps, their fullback was on the field, Andrew Beck, 34 snaps. Dalton Schultz only played 35, but he's not much of a blocker. Their blocker is a guy I don't know much about, Quitterino. He played 30 snaps as their blocking tight end. So, between Beck and Quitterino, they had extra blockers in this game a lot. And Jordan, who's kind of a receiving tight end, he played 14. The receivers were 54 for Collins, 51 for Woods, Dell 50, Mechie 16. Fair enough. I don't think there's anything super noteworthy about that. Pierce played 42 compared to 25 for Singletary. Boone came in for four. The Steelers' offensive snap counts. Pickens played 58 of 59. Austin played 53 of 59. Robinson played 50 of 59. Boykin played six. They only got 30 out of Friarmouth, 25 out of Washington, and Hayward was out there for 15. And in case you're curious, Trubisky played 10 snaps in this game. Warren and Harris split pretty much equal, 29 snaps each. They both ran 14 routes. But Warren was targeted six times compared to Najee on those 14 routes apiece. So here's some Friar Muth tight end nuggets, too. Again, he played 25 of a possible 27 snaps in the first half. Playing a ton. Great. And that's even a little more than usual for him. But remember, Washington and Hayward were both on the injury report earlier this week. So fair enough. Steelers stuck with 11 personnel over the rest of the game, rather than putting Washington and Hayward on the field at the same time. So after Friermuth left the game, they were only 11 personnel. I mean, again, it just makes you a little too predictable. The two were used interchangeable, with Washington on the field a little more often, while Hayward ran a few more routes. That's post-Friermuth injury. This is a good nugget, though. Zach Gentry is currently on the Bengals practice squad. Maybe they go grab him. You know, that would make perfect sense. They could probably use him at this point. Uh, CJ Stroud posted third consecutive game with 250 plus passing yards, two plus passing touchdowns and zero interceptions. The longest streak by any rookie since 1970. Also became the first player in NFL history with 1200 plus passing yards and zero interceptions over his first four career games. Good for him. He's really, really impressive. This was interesting to me. The six most used defensive backs from the Steelers, the guys, the, the defensive backs that were on the field the most, the six of them all were acquired in free agency or via trade, Minka. So the six guys they used the most, none of them were drafted by this team. I mean, they stink at drafting defensive backs. I mean, Edmonds would have been. He's gone. Porter's not out there enough yet. They rank 28th in EPA per play allowed without pressure this season. So it goes back to big plays. Only the Chargers and Broncos have allowed more yards per attempt. And both those teams went up against the Dolphins this year. When they don't pressure... Their EPA per attempt is basically the worst in the league. Steelers defense. Um, This is bad. (laughs) Let me figure out an easier way. I'm going to come back. Well, okay. The first 15 plays of the game are usually your scripted plays. Ones you spend all week preparing, gathering information. The Steelers are 32nd in the league in EPA for their first 15 plays of any game offensively by a wide, wide margin. After the 15th play, which isn't a magic play. It's not like, oh, after 15, we go off script. But still, I find this interesting. They're 20th in the league once they get out of that scripted area, that 15th play. Now, they may only script two. They may only script 20. I don't know. But still, they're 32nd in EPA across all plays. Combine everything, they're the worst EPA offense in the league. And by far the worst in the first 15 plays of the game. So here's some stuff from Warren Sharp. He's really gone out of his way to not attack, but analyze in a brutal manner, brutally honest manner, the Steelers offense. Kenny Pickett threw 63% of his first down passes behind the line of scrimmage. Obviously the highest rate in the league. First down, you're throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage 63% of the time. He averaged 0.5 air yards. Fewest of any quarterback this week. 11% success rate, 1.9 yards per attempt, and a very bad EPA. Zero first downs attempt gained over five yards. Zero first down attempts gained over five yards. So Warren also talked a lot about CJ Stroud and how he's going to handle the Steelers pressure all week. And back to my nugget about when they don't get pressure. When Stroud was kept clean in this game, he had an 11.9 EPA, 0.7 EPA per attempt. Obviously, you know, those are very, very good numbers. 63% of his passes were considered successful. Two touchdowns. 69 of his attempts gained at least 10 yards. All of those marks, five different numbers, were all top three in quarterbacks this week of all the quarterbacks was played this week his EPA per attempt his yards per attempt his success rate his number of touchdowns his percentage of attempts at gained 10 plus yards when he wasn't pressured were all top three the script is being pretty well written and starting to get chiseled in the stone with this team and it's not good alright over and out